Well, if you missed last week, if you weren't here last week, then you missed all the excitement because it was right before we began here last Sunday that the power went out. We had no electricity here in this building. Apparently, there was a power failure in this entire area of the city. But we, we couldn't use our projector. We couldn't use a sound system. We, we couldn't do a whole lot uh, using electronics last week. And so we were here in the dark, basically, for our service, with just the light from the windows to, uh, to illuminate the room. Well, it was also last week that we began a discussion about spiritual gifts. And I know that some of you were in the dark about spiritual gifts beforehand, before that discussion. And for you, it was as if the power came on and the lights came up as we were talking about it. And you began to understand what spiritual gifts are. You began to understand what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts. And we came across this definition. We discovered that spiritual gifts are special abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. And we saw that there's a great variety of these spiritual gifts. The gifts that are listed in the Bible include gifts like administration and apostleship, gifts like craftsmanship and discernment and encouragement and evangelism. There's faith and giving and healing and helps. There's hospitality, knowledge, there's gifts of languages or tongues. There's leadership. There's mercy, miracles, prophecy, serving. Gifts like shepherding and pastoring. There's teaching. There's translation or interpretation. There's wisdom. And so we saw that every Christ follower has at least one of these spiritual gifts. We're all unique. We're given different spiritual gifts that complement our passions and our natural talents and our personality and our experiences. And God's pretty smart. He blends all of that together to equip us to make a unique contribution to his body, to our spiritual family, the church. We're all unique. We're all equipped differently. We have different gifts. We serve in different ways. But it's the same God we're serving. And he oversees us all and he unifies us with a common purpose. And so despite there being great diversity within his body, we also have great unity. So that's basically what we talked about here last week. Today, what I want to do is this. We're going to cover three threes. I'm going to give you three characteristics of spiritual gifts. I'm going to suggest to you three ways you can discover what your gifts are. And I'm going to offer you three warnings about spiritual gifts. Three threes. The first group of three are the characteristics of spiritual gifts. So you can use your notes, fill in the blanks as we go. The first characteristic is this. There is no right or wrong spiritual gift. There's no right or wrong spiritual gift. Remember, they're given by God, and he's pretty smart. He doesn't make mistakes. You have exactly the gifts you were meant to have. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, each one, should do, each one of us, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So there is no right or wrong spiritual gift. Whatever gift you've received, you've received it because God chose to give it to you. And so you should use it to serve others. The second characteristic is that spiritual gifts are meant to glorify God and edify others. They're meant to glorify God and edify others. And if you want to know what spiritual gifts are for, 
there it is right there, to glorify God and edify others. Going back to that passage in 1 Peter, it goes on to say that each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in his various forms. Why? So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So spiritual gifts are meant to glorify God and to edify others as we serve them. And the third characteristic is this. When using your spiritual gift, you will be effective and fulfilled. And that's the great indicator of what your spiritual gifts are. Are you effective in what you're doing? Are you fulfilled in what you're doing? If not, then perhaps you're not gifted in that area and you should experiment in some other areas. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 says, As each part, as each member of the body of Christ, as each part does its own special work using their spiritual gifts, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So if you're really using your spiritual gifts, you're going to see positive results. You're going to be effective and you're going to experience some fulfillment because you're operating in the area of ministry where God has called you and equipped you to be. So let's move on to the second group of three. The second group of three is how to identify what your spiritual gifts are. And the first suggestion I have for you is experiment. Experiment in different areas of ministry. How do you know if you're gifted at something if you never try it? So I would say the greatest way to identify your gifts is by trial and error. Experiment in different areas of ministry. See what you're good at. Find out what you enjoy. Are you effective and fulfilled? Experiment and find out. And you know, there's no shame in trying something and finding out that you're, you're no good at it. Remember, there is no right or wrong spiritual gift. And so if you take a risk and you try something only to discover that you're not gifted in that way, then that's no reason to be embarrassed. In fact, that's a reason to celebrate because you've just learned a little bit more about yourself and how God put you together. How do you find out if you can teach if you never try teaching? How do you find out if you're gifted at leadership if you never lead anything? How do you know if, how do you know if you have the gift of hospitality if you never hospitalize anyone? Okay, maybe that's not how that one works, but the point is you've got to experiment to discover where you're gifted. Make sense? Okay, let's see how this works. Let's just take one ministry as an example. Let's look at our life groups, our small groups here at Sunrise. What kinds of gifts can be used in our life groups? Well, actually, almost all of them can be. Hospitality. You can host a group yourself in your home, or the group could actually be in someone else's home, but you still serve as the host. Now, obviously, if you're going to do that and, and be the host in someone else's home, you should coordinate that with the owner so you don't offend them. But you know what I mean? You can show up early, you can set things up, you can make sure everyone's comfortable during the meeting, that kind of thing. You can use a gift of hospitality like that. Or how about shepherding or pastoring in our life groups? Well, that gift is basically about overseeing the spiritual development of a small group of believers. And so the small group leader is in a great position to experiment with that gift. Or a life group leader may try using the gift of teaching or leadership or knowledge. In fact, members of the group who aren't necessarily the group leader may try out those gifts too. Or maybe there's someone in the group who's hurting. What a great opportunity to try some mercy, use the gift of mercy. Or maybe healing. 
or encouragement. Or maybe you have the gift of helps or the gift of serving. And so you just fill in wherever you're needed. Within the context of a group meeting, it's a great opportunity to use gifts of of wisdom or prophecy or faith or prayer or discernment. Or if you start a brand new group, you might use the gift of apostleship. You might see that gift in action. You remember what the apostles did in the Bible? They traveled around. They started new groups of believers. So that's really what the gift of apostleship is about. So as you can see, just within the context of this one ministry here at Sunrise, within the context of our life groups, there's a whole array of opportunities to experiment and utilize spiritual gifts. Another suggestion. Number two, if you want to identify your spiritual gifts, the next suggestion is to ask. Ask others what they've observed in you. Ask them. But if you do that, be sure at the same time you give them permission to be honest. You know how when you go to the optometrist, they get you to look through those huge glasses? Uh, I believe it's called an optical refractor. Uh, So you're looking through, through these lenses, and they keep changing the lenses on you. What do they ask you when they do that? They ask you, which is better, A or B? This one or this one? Well, maybe that's the way you need to go about asking other people for their advice when it comes to determining what your spiritual gifts are. You might ask, am I better at teaching or encouraging? Am I better at administration or at giving? You know, instead of asking them just, am I good at teaching, where they have to give you a yes or a no answer, ask them, am I better at teaching or encouraging? So they can give you some positive feedback. And when they answer, don't be offended. Just thank them for being honest and for helping you understand yourself and how God has put you together a little bit better. And the third suggestion I want to give to you this morning is that if you want to identify your spiritual gift, make use of gift tests. Make use of the gift tests that are available, and there are a lot of them out there. Now, generally, with a a test for your gifts, also called the gift discovery, You're given a whole list of statements, maybe 80 or 100, 120 statements. And you read each one and you rate how true each statement is of you. And so you give each statement a value. If the statement's not true of you at all, then you'd give it a value of zero. If it's completely true of you, then you'd give it the top value, four or five, ten, whatever the scale is. And you'd enter that value onto a grid. And then when you've done every statement and rated each one, you have to do a little bit of math. Say there were four statements that dealt with the gift of craftsmanship. You'd add those four values together. And you do that with every gift. And whatever comes out with the top values, that may be an indicator that those are your spiritual gifts. Now, I I like gift tests. And I've used them a lot over the years. But there is a danger with them. And that's this. You might take a test, and you might figure out what the top gifts are, and you might accept that those are your gifts, but maybe you've never experimented with some of the other gifts, and so you really don't know if you rated those statements accurately or not. And so I want to make it clear that a gift test is only an indicator of what your gifts may be. It's not a conclusive test. It's just an indicator. Plus, I think your gifts may change for different seasons of your life, depending on what God has called you to do at that time. Now, I didn't used to believe that. I used to think that once you had your gift, 
or your gift mix, that was it. And that defined your ministry for life. But it seems to me now that God works in our lives in different ways, and his work is ongoing, and it's ever-changing. And so the gifts that we have may change over time according to what he's doing in our lives at that particular time. Plus, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it tells us, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, which that verse tells me that God may change your gifts, or at least he might add to them as you grow and as you seek his will for your life. Now, with that said, if you want to make use of a gift test, you can find one on our website. You can find it at sunriseonline.ca slash downloads slash gifttest.zip. You can download that and there are some instructions on how to fill it out and you can find out which are the top rated ones for you. Now, as we finish up this discussion about spiritual gifts, I want to finish up by giving you a few warnings. Because there are a few things you need to be aware of when it comes to spiritual gifts. First of all, avoid gift projection. Avoid gift projection. This is where you expect everyone to be just like you, and so you project your gifts on others. Say you're gifted at giving, and so you give well and beyond your tithe of 10%, and you really enjoy it. You give to the church, you give to those in need, and you wonder what's wrong with everyone else. Why don't they give like you give? Well, could I suggest to you that it may be because you have the gift of giving and they don't? But that's okay because they're gifted in another way that you're not. And God's going to hold each of us accountable for using the gifts he's given us, not the ones he hasn't. So avoid gift projection. The second warning I have for you is beware of gift envy. Beware of gift envy. Maybe someone's gifted at leadership. And so they have an influence over others and people listen to them and people follow them. They get all kinds of things done and they're respected and they're given recognition publicly. But say your gift is helps. Someone else is gifted at leadership, but your gift is helps. And so much of what you do is in the background and goes unnoticed. How do you respond? Well, you could become envious. You could become resentful that you don't have such a flashy gift that gets you recognized and gains you accolades from others. But look at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, looking at verses 22 and 23 and then verse 27. He said, Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as, as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. And Paul went on to say, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So whether your gifts are more visible or, or maybe behind the scenes, you are a necessary part of the body of Christ. Beware of gift envy because the gifts that you have are just as vital to the health of the church as theirs are. And the third warning I have for you is this, don't abdicate ministry responsibilities. Don't abdicate ministry responsibilities. Don't ignore or dismiss ministry just because you're not gifted in that area. Because we all have to operate outside of our gifts from time to time. Now, most of our ministry should reflect our giftedness. 
but things will come up. Needs will arise. And you may need to operate outside of your giftedness for a time. Let me give you an example. Let me read you a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 10. He said, a, a Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And then catch this. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Now that's the story of the Good Samaritan. That's how we commonly know that story or that parable. And we normally praise the Samaritan for taking care of the Jewish guy who had been beaten up. And we use the priest and the temple assistant as examples of what not to do. But think about it this way. Maybe the Samaritan had the gift of mercy. And so it just made sense that he'd use that gift. But the priest, maybe the priest was gifted at administration or teaching. And maybe the temple assistant was gifted at understanding foreign languages. Could they really be held accountable for not helping the guy who had been robbed? They weren't gifted in those areas. Could they really be held accountable? Of course they could. They may not have had the gift of mercy, but they certainly had a responsibility to help out however they could. And so sometimes we have to fill roles and operate outside of our giftedness. Sometimes there are ministry needs where we just need to help out as best as we can for a time because we're needed there. We may not be gifted, but we're needed. And that's okay. We can do that for short periods of time. It should never become the norm, but it can happen occasionally for short periods of time. So there you have it. Three groups of three. Three characteristics of spiritual gifts. Three ways to discover what your gifts are. And three warnings. Let me encourage you to put some effort into discovering how God has put you together. Discover what your gifts are. And then use them to the honor and glory of God.